0: There are so many issues throughout all levels of government that smart Christians need to view it as a way to care for our neighbor by making good decisions.
1: Molly Hemingway talking about her joint presentation with her husband, Mark, at the 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference.
0: The federal government has gotten much more involved in family formation or family destruction, abortion, other issues. And and there are so many ways in which It's important for us to think about how we can defend the weak and vulnerable among us by making good decisions.
1: You can meet and hear journalist Molly and Mark Hemingway making the case for Christian political engagement at this year's Issues Etc. Making the Case conference. The premier conference for Christian laity is Friday, June 12th and Saturday, June 13th in Chicago. Attendance is limited to 500. Learn more and register at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call 618-223-8385. I wonder if court historians won't look back on the early part of the 21st century as an era, at least with regard to the U.S. courts, that dealt a lot with something that most people thought was settled a long time ago. We even had a Religious Liberty Restoration Act that was unanimously passed. But 30 years later, we are struggling with religious liberty, the subject of the day that is so connected to so many other legal and social and moral issues. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're going to talk about a Supreme Court religious liberty case involving Catholic social services and foster care. Joining us to do so, Nick Reeves. He's legal counsel for the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. Nick, welcome to Issues Etc.
0: Todd, thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: I know you've been watching this for a long time, and many others have outside the legal community. Why does the Supreme Court continue to hear kind of piecemeal cases when it comes to religious liberty and all of these other issues?
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons the court has had to continue taking these cases is that about 30 years ago, there was a decision called the Smith decision, which really made it more difficult for the Supreme Court to protect and for the government to protect religious liberty for individuals and for organizations like churches and social service providers. You also mentioned the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. that helped to expand to some extent the protection that only applied to the federal government. So a lot of the cases you see today are states taking action against religious individuals or religious groups. I think the other component you see today is that as other rights expand and as other rights come into conflict, or at least a perceived conflict, and I don't I don't think there is a conflict in this type of case, for example, um, a perceived conflict between, for example, the ability to foster and adopt as a same sex couple and the ability of of a Catholic agency to serve kids in need, that often leads to conflict.
1: Give us the uh, who, what, where, why of this case that the court has agreed to hear, Fulton v. City of Philadelphia.
0: Sure. So Sharonel Fulton is a foster mother who has fostered over 40 children in 25 years in partnership with Catholic Social Services. They are the petitioners in this case. Catholic Social Services has been doing this work for over 100 years. They've been serving kids in need by partnering with foster families. Um, About 50 years ago, the city of Philadelphia got involved as well and began licensing and contracting with these agencies. In 2018, the city of Philadelphia learned through a news article, actually, that Catholic Social Services couldn't certify and endorse unmarried or same-sex couples because doing so would violate their sincere Catholic beliefs. But at the time this happened, not a single same-sex couple had even come to Catholic Social Services seeking certification, and if they had, there are about 28 different agencies in the city that all provide the same services, and Catholic Social Services would have been happy to refer them to one of those other agencies to be able to foster the same kids. So the city of Philadelphia took actions against Catholic Social Services, pulled their license and tried to shut them down, and said, you can't continue serving foster children unless you endorse and certify same-sex couples and same-sex marriage and that was one thing they couldn't do so this case has been litigated up through the third circuit court of appeals and then just yesterday the supreme court agreed to take this case and we're very optimistic that the court will protect catholic social services and say that they do have this first amendment right to serve kids in need without violating their faith
1: about a year ago When I think Beckett first approached the Supreme Court with their petition, David French wrote that this was going to be if the court took it a very significant religious liberty case. He wrote this, Beckett's lawyers asked the Supreme Court to revisit one of its worst recent precedents, Justice Scalia's great mistake of Employment Division v. Smith, a case that gutted the core constitutional protections of the Free Exercise Clause. What is French talking about there?
0: Yes, that's exactly right. So Smith is a case that basically says, if the government treats everybody the same, and that's a big if, then you don't have to give a religious accommodation to a religious organization or a religious individual. Basically, there are lots of reasons to think that the government isn't treating everybody the same, but assuming they do, for example, require everybody to do the same thing, the government is then not required to accommodate someone's religious beliefs. And that has led to a lot of problems, both for nonprofit agencies and for individuals, and you know has, has continued. I think that's one of the reasons, going back to your first question, that's one of the reasons why these cases continue to come to the Supreme Court, because there has been such a limit on the ability to protect what is core to so many people: their their free exercise rights. In response, you know, some people argue that Smith was the right decision because allowing someone to invoke protections for their religious liberty, could burden other people. But actually, since Smith was decided, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act has actually restored the pre-Smith standard, at least as to the federal government, and that hasn't caused any anarchy or hasn't caused any other problems. So I think that's actually a mistake to think that allowing people to protect their religious liberty would somehow burden um, a lot of other people.
1: do you think and and they can be forgiven for for doing so? Do you think that the Smith Court just could not anticipate the assaults on religious liberty that would eventually arise surrounding so many issues like marriage and abortion and contraception, et cetera?
0: I think that's exactly right. I think that was one of the concerns you know back in nineteen ninety when when the court decided Smith there were a lot fewer individual rights that were protected at the constitutional level, so there was a lot less likelihood for conflict. You know, the Smith case was on its face about whether an individual could get an exemption from a criminal law prohibiting the use of a hallucinogenic drug, and that was a very one-off situation, and I think that concerned the court a lot. But like you said, since then, in, in the 30 or so years since Smith was decided, there's been a huge expansion in individual rights in a way that has created more conflicts between religion and those other rights.
1: Can we anticipate the court's attitude toward the issues raised here in this current Fulton case?
0: You know, I think it's always hard and dangerous to predict how the court will rule, but we do have a few glimpses into what the court might be thinking. For one, previous to the current petition that the court granted, Beckett had asked the Supreme Court to consider this case on an emergency motion. It was kind of like a Hail Mary about a year ago. And at the time, three justices said they would have granted the case and given us relief. So Justice Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch all said they think that Catholic social services should win. So I think that's a really good data point. Similarly, Justice Roberts has written in a previous dissent that he was concerned that if you expand certain rights in one direction that could harm religious liberty. He specifically mentioned concerns about faith-based foster care and adoption agencies not being able to continue operating consistent with their beliefs. So I think we have a sense of what he might be thinking in this case too, but it's always hard to read the tea leaves.
1: How is Beckett planning on making this case? What is your argument going to be before the Supreme Court?
0: So I think there are a couple different arguments we're going to make. One is that we've been talking about the Smith case. One is that Smith should be revisited. The court needs to reconsider its decision from 1990 because of all the problems it has created. It's um, like you said, it's made all these religious organizations continue to have to go through extensive and protracted legal battles to try to defend their rights. It's led to, you know, more animosity. Actually, you know, often I think this is a great example. When there's a clear protection for religious liberty, you have a a more, you know, live and let live diverse system of organizations that can help kids in need or help the homeless or whatever the situation may be. But when you don't protect those rights, people often, you know, more often end up in court. And oftentimes the court case is more divisive and more hurtful to everybody involved than just providing the religious accommodation in the first place. So I think that's one argument, you know, overturn Smith, reconsider at what level the court is going to protect First Amendment rights. I think there are a number of other arguments, like a free speech argument, even under Smith, there are some arguments that uh, the court below applied the case incorrectly. But just to really briefly talk about the the underlying facts of this case, too, and to go to my point about the live and let live situation, before litigation started, You know, there are 28 different agencies all serving kids in need. No one was prevented from fostering or adopting the child in need. And there are numerous agencies that could work with everybody um, who reached out to them. So there was a good system in place. And, you know, like I said, the litigation actually made this a much more divisive issue than
1: it was before. Do you think that's going to carry a lot of weight with the court, the notion that there were other means for the city of Philadelphia to achieve what they wanted to achieve?
0: Yes, that's exactly right. So... The evidence shows that having a broad array of agencies best serves kids. There are, for example, some foster parents that only religious agencies are good at recruiting, some foster parents who wouldn't want to foster or adopt unless they could work with a faith-based agency. Similarly, there are some foster parents who might prefer to work with an agency that specializes in serving the Hispanic population. So having a diverse array of agencies is the best way to serve the most kids in need. And the city of Philadelphia is currently in a foster care crisis. They need more families. The city is basically, you know, in some ways shooting itself in the foot by trying to close down a successful agency that has a hundred-year history of recruiting and training and preparing foster parents, but saying, we don't want to work with you just because we disagree with your sincere religious beliefs.
1: Nick Reeves is legal counsel for the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. You'll find a link to the Beckett Fund on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org. Nick, thank you very much. No problem, Todd. Thank you. Brian Westbrook, Executive Director of Coalition for Life based in St. Louis, is going to join us on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about abortion sidewalk counseling. Now, what do you picture when you hear that sidewalk counseling outside an abortion clinic, a contentious argument, maybe yelling and screaming with lots of signs and pickets. Well, not so much. We'll get a picture of abortion sidewalk counseling with Brian Westbrook next.
0: You can meet and hear Mark and Molly Hemingway, Robert George, Albert Moeller, Brian Wolfmiller, Hans Feeney, and Will Whedon at the 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference Friday, June 12th and Saturday, June 13th in Chicago. For more information, visit IssuesETC.org or call 618-223-8385. The 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, June 12th and 13th at Concordia University, Chicago. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod celebrates and affirms life from the time of conception until natural death and every time in between. For this reason, LCMS Life Ministry is a program singularly devoted to upholding the sanctity of human life, both in our church body and the culture at large. Life Ministry provides educational materials, hosts conferences, and works closely with allies such as Lutherans for Life. For more information, visit lcms.org life and follow LCMS Life Ministry on Facebook. Your comprehensive source for information, teaching, and truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Lutheran Federal Credit Union serves the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod community with car and personal loans, mortgages, credit cards, checking and savings accounts, Lutheran FCU supports LCMS organizations with its Spotlight Ministry program. And Lutheran Federal Credit Union allows you to make purchases with Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung Pay using your digital wallet. Learn more at LutheranFCU.org. Good for you, good for the church. Lutheran Federal Credit Union, LutheranFCU.org.
1: Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ, teaches St. Paul. But what about those who cannot hear? Can they be saved? The February issue of The Lutheran Witness illuminates this topic and others, including hearing the gospel while singing the faith, how to listen to sermons, and proclaiming the gospel in foreign lands. Come, learn how the church confesses the word in words. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe today. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective. cph.org witness.